is a very special episode. Why, some of you are definitely for sure asking. Well, today, I pulled out the bong. Yep, that's correct. You heard right. You know, typically I, <clears throat> I'm smoking from a from a pipe, but today is a bong. What's the occasion, John? Why why sit, make such a big move? It's very bold of you. Well, there's no occasion. I just sometimes you just want to smoke from a bong. I don't. It's I don't expect all of you to understand that, but. Sometimes there's just an occasion that pops in your head where you're like, you know what? Eh, I've been smoking from a pipe this whole time. I've been smoking a joint, a blunt. But I haven't used a bong in a while. Bongs are special. And I'll tell you why. I, I don't really know. There's something pleasing about a bong that I don't really get from other smoking utensils. <clears throat> It's a whole different process of getting high. And not only is like the the procedure different, but uh for me I always felt like the high was a little different. I there's probably no difference. I'm just convincing myself that's different. But the the procedure's different, which is fun. I don't really feel it as heavily with a bong when it goes in. Watch. It makes cool noises. Oh my. That's what Samuel Tarly says in Game of Thrones whenever he has sex for the first time. Oh my. Who's ready for Game of Thrones? Oh, my God. I've been waiting. We've all been waiting. Like two years for this. They went two freaking years. And now it's here. Less than a month. Oh, man. I've, I'm psyched. I've been watching the... I rewatched the whole season. Not yet. I'm on. I'm on season five right now. But... I'm going to, like, perfectly be done whenever the new season starts. And the last season. Man, I I get so annoyed at people who who said they tried to get into it. But they'll say something like, yeah, I watched the first 20 minutes of it. I was already bored. Like, oh, you're not supposed to give it 20 minutes if you're trying to get into a show, especially a show as complex as Game of Thrones. You're not allowed to just give it 20 minutes and then decide if it sucks or not. That annoys me. Like, every show, most shows start off pretty damn slow. Except Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, like, right out of the gates had stuff going on. Which, that's a cool thing, but, you know, don't expect to be super excited whenever you start a new show. You know, you got to give it time. You got to get to know the characters. You have to understand the story. Oh. 
And also when people say, I'm just not into dragons. I'm not a dragon guy. The whole medieval times. Like, oh, so not about the dragons. I mean, yes, it has dragons. But it's so much deeper than that. You know, everyone who, who can't get into Game of Thrones or who hasn't even given it a shot. You know, they look at the outside layer of it. You know, they look at the the dragons and the white walkers and the swords. You know, a lot of people just aren't into that type of thing. You know, the Lord of the Ring-esque type shows and movies. But it's so much deeper than that. You know, the politics in Game of Thrones, they're just so fun to watch. So fun to take place. All the corruption, it's just really good. Man. But yeah, I'm excited. But, man, how do you think it's going to end? There's so many different ways. Here are my predictions. Khaleesi, okay, at this point, uh, whoever is listening, this is really just for fans of Game of Thrones. But my prediction is that Khaleesi is going to die. You know, she, she, they built her up the entire series to win the throne, which just to me means they're going to make sure that doesn't happen. That's for the first prediction, you know. She's been too much of a hero the entire time. So it, it 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 would be too obvious if she made it to the end. She's gonna die. I hope by one of her dragons. That would I don't yeah, I hope I hope that's how she dies. If she's going to die, I hope it's like that, because you know, it just she has to, right? What else can kill her? Like fire she can't well they have fire she can get eaten let's see Jon Snow I don't think he'll die if he does it won't be very climactic because he already died once then they brought him back to life so for him to die again it's just it's not going to have that same grip as the first one Hmm. Tyrion. I don't think he'll make it. I, Jon Snow. I, he probably. Oh man. Obviously, he's the one destined to be on the throne. But he doesn't want that. But I get, We'll see. I, I'm. I don't know much about Jon's fate. But Tyrion. I don't think he'll make it. Let's see. Arya. I don't think she'll make it either. You know, she got, I feel like she, maybe she'll get too big for her britches. If you watch that, that last trailer they had, she was like terrified and running from something, which you don't see very often from her, especially in the later seasons, you know, because she's a badass now. But I feel like she's, she's made herself so much of a badass. She just has to die, you know? Sansa will probably live. She'll live. Cersei, dead, obviously. Like, that's inevitable. It's not even a prediction. That's just what's going to happen. Cersei will be dead. 
she'll die by the hands of her brother, Jamie Lannister. That that has to be right, because in the in the books, well, when you watch the premiere of season five, she there's that flashback of her going to see the witch, and the witch was telling her like, you will have three babies, the king will have seventeen or something like that. And then also she'll be queen, but then someone younger and more beautiful will come and replace her. So those two things have happened. There's something that happened in the book that was written down in the books that they left out in that scene with the witch. And that is that she's going to die by the hands of her brother. So that will probably be her final fate. Who else is there? Hmm. Yeah, Cersei's going to die. White Walkers. I feel like the White Walkers will win. At least at the beginning. I hope... I kind of hope that happens, just because it'll be so intense and terrifying. Yeah, the, the Night King will definitely win at first. And I feel like at some point in the last season, they're going to have a time period jump... Like it's going to, years will have passed and then they finally figure out how to defeat the Night King. But I think the Night King will definitely win at first, you know, they have to like, I mean, if they can mine that dragon glass in time, but we'll see. Samuel Tolly, I think he'll make it to the end. He's one of the good guys that will probably make it all the way. There's a theory, like a fan theory, that he he's actually the person to write the the books of Game of Thrones. Like he will be the one to write the story that we watch throughout the series. That'd be that'd be cool. Bran. I don't know about Bran. He's such an enigma at this point. <clears throat> Very confused. Very gothic type fella. There's a fan theory that he's actually the Night King. Where he went back in time and had to do something. I don't I don't know the full depth of that theory. It kind of makes sense. I can kind of see it. They even share the same emblem. That little... If you look on their, their outfits, Bran and the Night King have the same exact... Uh, what do you call that? Not a necklace, but this thing that hangs on their jacket, their fleece thing. But it's the same exact thing. So, what does that say? You know, go Google it. You'll you'll notice it. <clears throat> Other than that, I don't have many more predictions. I know there's some characters I'm forgetting. Jamie, I think he'll make it. I think Jamie will live, but he's he's a coin toss. Coin toss. Let's see what else. Who else? There's so many characters in Game of Thrones. That's one thing that I I understand why it would be hard to get into a show like this, just because it's just so much to keep up with. 
like I I had to rewatch the series in order to <laughs> grasp what the hell is going on. And I'll, and to be honest, I really it took me two seasons to get into Game of Thrones. I had to watch two whole seasons before I decided that I I want to keep watching this. And now it's it's one of my favorite shows. I've probably rewatched the series at least man at least 7 times. But um cuz every time you rewatch the series there's a new season to watch. So I've probably seen the first season 6 or 7 times, but the last season I think just 3. But man, I love it. It's a great show. And it, it sucks that it's so popular of a show, but it it deserves it. I usually hate things that are really popular, but I would be lying to myself if if I made myself not get into it because it's so damn popular. And that's partly why it's <clears throat> they've ma- managed to make such a huge budget for it because everyone watches it. So we're just going to get a good-ass show from that. And apparently they're making four spinoffs to it. HBO is going to do four spinoffs to Game of Thrones. That's a bit much. That's a lot. But there's also a lot of story and history to Game of Thrones. I, I'll probably give them a shot when they first release. I love it. It's kind of sad. I think I know more about the history of Game of Thrones than I do my own country. <laughs> That's because the United States doesn't have dragons. Other than that, I don't know how it's going to end. Sir Jorah, he'll definitely die. He'll die. I feel bad for Sir Jorah. Mormont. Jorah Mormont. Because throughout the whole show, he just loves Khaleesi. And she knows it, too. You know it. But you're just watching him get friend-zoned the entire time while she's banging these two hot guys. And George is just like, oh, Khaleesi, you shouldn't trust them or whatever. No, he doesn't say that. He says it to the first one. I can't remember the dude's name. Man, I've seen this show so many times, and there's so many names I forget, because there's just so many characters. But I feel, I feel for Jorah. I hate, it's the worst, being stuck in the friend zone. That is terrible. You know, and I'm a, I'm, I'm pretty attractive. I'll, I'm not saying that because... I love myself. I'm just saying that just from observation, how people tend to react and interact with me. I'm a, I think I'm a pretty handsome fella. But, you know, I still have trouble with girls sometimes, and I get stuck in the friend zone. My, my guess is because uh, I guess I'm too nice. Like not. You know, everyone, you want a nice guy, but you don't want, uh, like, a someone who's too agreeable. That's not fun. That's pretty boring whenever you're with someone who's just, 
who disagrees with you all the time. That used to be me. Now I'm more, more, I speak up more. But that's what I think my issue used to be with girls is that I was just, I was too agreeable. I would just do whatever they wanted. And that's gotta be fucking boring whenever you, I put myself in a girl's shoes. So you don't want someone boring. That's the thing. Other than that, I'm, I do all right with women. With the the limited number I've been with, I'm not going to share that number. Let me take a hit of weed to stall for a second so I can think of what to say. Maybe try to get myself out of this rabbit hole or this hole I'm currently digging for myself. That's the problem with doing this podcast. Every so often, I'll go down a certain topic that I'm not completely ready to share because it's just not thought out all the way, so I haven't articulated myself good enough, so it becomes very easy for someone to misinterpret what I'm saying, or for me to make you misinterpret what I'm saying because I'm just not explaining myself well. So that's the problem with the way I like to do the podcast. Because the way I like to do it, I just like to wing it. I like to just start talking and see where it takes me. So I've, usually when I'm, I make one, I've already made like three recordings beforehand. And they something happened. Either I went down the, the wrong topic or I was just boring. I was boring myself. But, yeah, the issue, like, I I tend to put myself in a hole that I can't get out of, you know, because I feel like I have to keep talking about it in order to explain myself as clearly as possible. So it's just going to be an endless thing of me trying to make more sense. So I tried just to avoid it altogether. But as I keep doing the podcast, I get... That becomes a lot easier to know where you're going, where you're going to take this conversation. So that's one cool thing about doing a podcast this way. Because I'm sure this transfers over to the real world where, you know, (laughs) it's just I'm one of those guys that I just I dig holes for myself that I can't get out of. That's always been an issue. Because I like to have intriguing conversations, but sometimes you're just not ready to have a certain kind, you know, but in your head, you still want to bring it up because it's still intriguing. That's how it works for me. So that's, that's why I like doing this podcast. But I think I might have just run out of things to talk about. How long have I been doing this? Whoa, 20 minutes. Jesus Christ. Honestly, it felt like eight minutes to me. Damn, getting some content in. Nice. I don't I don't want to make a podcast that is too short, but I also don't want to make one too long. So far, my longest one is about 45 minutes or so. 
I can't, you can't trust that people are going to tune in for that long. And you shouldn't expect it from them. That's, you know, that's a lot of time in the day. I mean, there's probably shit we're doing that's more unpredictive on our phone. But that, that, you know, that could easily be just as unpredictive. I'm not that interesting, jeez. But you don't want to make one that's too short, like five minutes, because that's just not enough content. Like, okay, you're not going to add to that, John? But 20 minutes, that seems pretty, pretty reasonable. At least some people will listen to the whole thing. I just, I, I like the, I like doing it however I, I do it. I'm learning a lot. I'm learning how to be a better podcaster. Eventually, I'll probably get a new microphone. The thing I'm using now are, my sister gave these to me actually, these soundproof headphones with a microphone on it. And the microphone isn't the best quality, but I do love just having headphones on and talking. You know, I'm not at a, a table with my mouth to a, a Yeti microphone, which I would do if the quality was better. But I like this. If I had the option to get just a better set of headphones with a better microphone, I'll do that. Because I can just be walking around talking. That's... That's easy. That comes easy to me. But yes, I, I'm still eight podcasts in and have not not smoked on each podcast. Oh, man. I wonder what old people have listened to this. <laughs> old people. Like old people that know me. Old people that, you know, they grew up with different views than my generation. You know, this whole time I thought I was part of the millennial generation. I'm not. I'm actually Generation X. Yeah, let me Google that real quick. Uh, But definitely not millennial because that stops at 1994. What what generation is 1995 and up? I'm Googling this right now as we speak. Let's see. The baby boomer. Okay, Generation X is the baby bust generation. So I'm guessing that's after baby boomers. Here, we're going to find out right now. Let's do this, baby. So the lost generation, the generation of 1914, their birth starts is 1890 to 1915. So that's the lost generation. Then you have the interbellum generation. That's a cool thing to name yourself, the interbellum. Who decides what this, what these names are? Some of these are a little... They're like a little too thought out the interbellum generation 1991 1901 to 1913 that's a very short time i guess that makes sense then after the interbellum you have the greatest generation okay get off your high horse 1910ers to 1924 you called yourself the greatest generation eat my ass 
I bet they wouldn't say that, though, so maybe they are. Then after the greatest generation, you have the silent generation, 1925 to 1945. And I, these, uh, this is the time in which you're born. Some of these overlap each other, so no, no. Yes, some of them overlap each other, so I don't understand that part. It stops overlapping after the greatest generation. So after the after the silent generation, which ended in 1945, you have the baby boomers. So that's 1946 to 1964. That is a lot of our parents' generation, kids my age at least, and before, <clears throat> probably more before mine. After the baby boomers, you got Generation X. Okay, that that's what I thought I was, but no, I'm not Generation X. The baby bus generation, 1965 to 1975. Then you have Xennials, uh, X-E-N-N-I-A-L-S. I, I guess that's how you pronounce that. Xennials, 1975 to 1985. See, it overlapped a little bit right there. Then you got Millennials generation. And that's 1980 to 1994. So millennials are a lot older than, I guess, some of us were thinking. Like, we're all picturing college kids whenever you hear millennial. But no, some of them are in college. But most, like, the, the leaving people are leaving college. The last people to be born in that generation. Then me... 1995 to 2012, that is Generation Z, or iGen, iGen slash Gen Z. That's kind of cool. Then you got Gen Alpha. Ooh, that's another one of those get-off-your-high-horse bitches. I bet they didn't name it that, though, so I can't blame it on them. 2013 to 2025 is Generation Alpha. Why the fuck is it Generation Alpha? Like, why do you come to that? Like, what's what's happening in this generation for you to name them Alpha? Like, they just dominate over everyone else? Generation Alpha will probably have... So, I've, I have a prediction of the future. As more kids are being born into the internet, you know, high-speed internet. Right out of the gates, you know. How many three-year-olds do you know with iPads? A shitload. I think this generation will produce some of the dumbest kids, but will produce smarter, smart kids, if that makes sense. The next generation will have fewer smart people, but smarter, smart people. So it's because most people already don't utilize the Internet in its most effective way. We pretty much use it in a way that satisfies our our dopamine receptors. You know, we just kind of want it to get our our socks off, our instant gratification. You know, we don't really use it to learn much. Some a lot of us do. But I think most of us are just using it to scroll through Facebook. You know, something to do while you're taking a shit. That's what most people do 
after when they're not on the pot. <laughs> but so that being said, I think so the kids being born into all this smartphones and tablets at a super young age, I think it'll be the same for them. They'll use it in a way that doesn't act as a tool. They're not going to use it as a tool for their brain. They're going to use it as a freaking, I don't know, a pudding pop. It's, it's just, it's not going to be used to make their brain stronger. But there's going to be a handful of kids who do use it that way. And the ones who do use it that way will be far more intelligent than everyone else. That's what I think. <clears throat> I could be wrong about how many dumb people there will be in the next generation. Maybe it'll be more smart people than I'm giving them credit for. But the ones who will utilize the internet will be very intelligent people. You know, you could learn theoretical physics on the internet for free. Like, take away all the things that you have to pay for to learn. Just the things you learn for free, man, it's almost limitless. And just add to that stuff you can stuff you have to pay for. It it's not nearly as expensive as if you were to go to college. A lot of these things you can learn. It's pretty amazing. But most of us aren't using it that way. We could, but we're not. I like to think I am. I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of audiobooks. I buy a lot of books on the internet. You know, the world is just moving online. So it's time we start acting as that way. You know, we're still in this, this middle stage where we think the physical world is here to stay and we're not realizing that no it's actually leaving we're leaving the physical world and we're slowly integrating into the digital world you know it could like it is not outside the realm of possibilities that within 100 to 150 years our brains will be downloaded into the internet something similar to that it could be even less than 100 years for how how much it's accelerating throughout time. You know, think of the Internet from 10 years ago. Like, it's been a pretty big leap since then. Right when iPhones became huge, smartphones. But if you do 10 years then from 10 years, bef- 10 years ago and do 10 years before that, it was a lot slower process than it was from now and 10 years ago. And if you do 10 years in that and 10 years before that, so so 10 years ago, that was 2009, iPhones were getting, that's when they blew up pretty much. You know, social media was taken off 2009. Then do 2009 to 1999, that was a pretty slower process with how much we gained in the internet. You know, uh, the the iPod, that got really popular in 1999. Pretty sure it was that time or so. You know, that's when MP3s were gaining ground. 
So that was probably one of the bigger things. But if you do 1999 to 1989, I don't think there was a huge leap in that thing. I want to think it stayed pretty much the same. I can't speak for before a lot of this because I was born in 1995. But if whoever was born in that time period like 1989 and up, or someone old enough to know what was going on in 1989, let me know how big of a difference it was, how much has changed in that 10-year time frame in terms of the internet. I think that's when mobile phones were getting pretty popular, like in the 80s, I think, where people were freaking out because you could be talking on a mountaintop wirelessly outside but but you know what i'm saying like 10 years from now like if history is teaching us anything with the internet it's that it's only going to accelerate that much faster as opposed to 10 years ago so no telling what is going to be in store for us um Virtual reality, it's trying to make ground right now, but it still has a ways to go. You know, it's like a lot of us kind of abandoned, like in terms of video games, we didn't really stick with the Wii. Like they were trying to be revolutionary with the Nintendo Wii, where you like, you're doing all this moving and stuff. But then it was kind of cool when it came out, the idea we're all impressed, like, whoa, I gotta swing my arm to bowl? Holy shit. But eventually, we all just started sitting on the couch, flicking our wrists, so we don't even use the Wii how it was supposed to be. And then, like, Nintendo, after the Wii, they went back to, like, traditional controls. So there's a lot of things, there's a lot of hit and misses with these things. So it's hard to predict how the internet is going to be in 10 years from now and how people are going to be because old people, people who weren't born into like mobile phones, like they were born like the pe- like the baby boomers and the Gen X people. Um, even them, the way they act and use the internet is a lot like how kids use the internet. I mean, they're a little more susceptible to misinformation and things like that. Oh, the evidence is just, just have a Facebook account and just befriend everyone you know. The older people by far do not, they have a harder time grasping what is true and what isn't true on the internet. And I'm I'm not saying that to be mean, I just, that's what it is, just my observation. Like, they can't do a simple Google search. Or I, I don't even think a lot of them open the link that they're sharing. I think they just read the article and share it. And it's incredibly frustrating. But, you know, that there's a lot of evidence showing that that's a huge factor as to why Donald Trump won. Because there's, there, there's this thing called a troll farm where people... 
make up memes. They they make fake memes with misinformation, knowing that certain types of people are going to share it. And they actually, it's actually a, a money-making business, these troll farms. But they just go after the simplest of minds, and it works. And I'm not saying old people are simple-minded, but, you know, they just – this is possibly one of those holes I'm digging for myself right now. But, okay, I'm I'm already in it, though. I've I'm committed. Um, I'm not saying old people are more simple-minded, but in terms of the internet and how to use it, you definitely have some catching up to do. Not all of old people. John, what do you consider old? I would, I would consider 55 and up is old in terms of the internet. Not not in the real world. In the real world, 55 is still fairly young. You can do a lot of things at 55. But your brain, when it comes to social media and internet articles and fake news, um, you still got some training to do. You know, uh, Donald Trump popularized that term fake news. It used to mean... Uh, political comedy like The Daily Show or The Colbert Report. That's what fake news was. Even though it technically wasn't giving you fake news, it was just them making fun of the news in a way. But that was considered fake news before Trump ran for president. And now fake news is like more direct. Like fake news, oh, it's fake. It's news that is fake. That's how we, or at least news we think is fake. Like, even liberal people use the term fake news now. So Trump got everyone using the term fake news. Like, we, he changed the definition of it. So that's just interesting to me. But uh, where was I going with that? I don't think anywhere. Oh, yeah, but old old people, they, you guys, you need to, if you're going to share a Facebook article, just Go to Google for 10, 20 seconds and just do your research really quick. It doesn't take that freaking long. Just, oh, man. Facebook, uh, I think I talked about this on my on episode five, the Internet versus self-control. But, you know, anger is the easiest emotion to exploit. So if you find yourself becoming angry over an article you're reading, consider that maybe they're manipulating you a little bit or just taking advantage of your your emotions. That's how a lot of politicians win. And uh, I'm going to say uh, that's, that's a big reason Trump won. Not just because... It's people retaliating to the PC liberal type people. But Trump was very good at getting under your skin and scaring the shit out of you. Conservatives think in a more fear-based way where they're trying to escape 
from something. You know, take the Mexicans, for example. Build a wall, like keep them out, keep them away from me. That's pretty much what that means. You know, they say, like, you know, we we don't mind if they come in. Just come in legally. But I think it's a lot deeper than that. <clears throat> At least that's what was created. But I could be wrong. But the point is conservatives tend to think in a more fear factor way. And that was probably – that. That makes more sense when you're living in a village like from 10,000 years ago. It It's a better strategy to think in a more conservative way. Not like politically conservative, but, you know, genetically in you conservative. Like you're more cautious by nature. You, you, re, you think things twice before reacting. That's a healthy way to do it, but, you know – we're we're bringing those genetic factors into our artificial creations like like the whole idea of nations and things like we're not evolved to think in a nation sized way you know our genetic our genetic memory comes from about 20,000 years ago when the most people we knew were like it was just a hundred of us in a little village but now we're thinking in a more nationwide way, a more global scale, and it just it doesn't make much sense to be so tribal, so secure that way. Um, liberals, on the other hand, you know, that's what that probably would have got you killed twenty thousand years ago. If you just let in anybody into your village, that's so irresponsible. That's incredibly irresponsible. And today it still is irresponsible. You know, you don't want to go the complete opposite and just let anybody in. That's – there's – what are you what are you talking about? Like if you – because, okay, we're thinking about this on a national scale, but think about it in just your home. You don't – you're not going to let just anyone come in your home and just take a nap. Or something. Well, it's different, John. I mean, it's not that different. It's just a different scale. But, you know, the problem is we're we're either too far this way or too far that way. But usually with almost everything, the answer is almost somewhere in the middle. You don't want to be too... uh, We're we're coming to a point as as a world where we need cooperation with each other. And you can't just keep making more people pissed off at you. You know, I feel like that's what Trump tends to do. He just, he he talks shit to his allies and sympathizes with his enemies. It doesn't make much sense. And then, man, I'm putting myself in a pretty big hole here. Because a lot of people I know are big Trump supporters, but you know, uh, there's some, there's something to it. There's something to politics that creates a cult-like mentality, and I think that was, I mean, I noticed that a lot with Trump. Like people think he was literally chosen by God. Not all of them, but some Trump supporters literally believe that, 
And it's so strange to me. But, man, The Onion, out of all places, The Onion had the perfect article about this. If you don't know what The Onion is, it's completely satire. Nothing they post is true, but that's the point. And if if you don't know The Onion, then if you read something like that, it's going to throw you off. But The Onion put an article saying, I don't agree with everything Trump says, but it is my duty as an American to repeat exactly everything he says verbatim. (laughs) And that's what you see a lot. You see some Trump supporters who will claim that, I don't agree with everything he does, okay? But they never say anything they disagree with. They just keep on agreeing. So, I don't know. I Notice that I'm not talking much about the politics of Trump, but more the psychological tricks. Uh, like, what's going on with us with all this stuff? Because I can't, I'm not going to talk to you about foreign policy, because I don't know shit about it. But one thing I'm that I, I like to pay attention to is not so much the politics, but just the the patterns, like the way people react to him. And not just him, but just public figures in general, how we behave and change our minds based off of this one person. And I, it's just fun for me watching everybody else change along with this. But uh, yeah, you're never going to, hear me talk too much about the politics of everything, but I'll definitely talk to you about the psychological aspect of all of this because that's what I kind of pay attention to naturally. Okay, how long have I been talking? I know I probably made a few people upset, but that's okay. Uh, some of the stuff I've thought about for a while, a lot of them, a lot of it I have not. But yeah, I think this is a good stopping point. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's been 46 minutes. I think this might be my longest one so far. Okay. Man, there's so much I forgot that I said, and that's going to be an issue. You know, some, I like to give my my podcast the perfect title. The most enticing to draw you in, but I'll probably have to come back and pick something because I forgot a lot about what I said. And I should let me remind you: a lot of what I say on here will never fully be what I actually think. A lot of this is just me. You know how I said I just wing it when I come on here, so I never know where I'm going to take myself with some of these topics. And a lot of those times, I just, it's stuff I don't think about that much. So a lot of what I said will probably, I probably will have changed my mind in the next five months or so to a year. But as of now, I'm, I'm just going to stick to my guns because that's, that's the best strategy as a podcaster. And with any kind of endeavor like this, like comedian, like a lot of comedians it's frowned upon in the comedian community to apologize for a joke. A lot of comedians will get pissed at another comedian if he apologizes for something he said on stage. That's kind of how you get shunned by your 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 peers in the comedian world. 
And I think it's sort of like that in a podcast. You don't want to, unless it's something that will freaking ruin your life. Like you can say almost anything these days and someone will fuck you up. They will make sure you lose your job, your freaking kids, you know. So you got to be more careful these days. But I don't think I've said much right now that someone that most people haven't like shared on Facebook or heard somewhere. I'm not I'm not being too controversial. I'm just I'm I'm sure with some of the people I know I'm coming off a little provocative. But you know, I this is just the the verbal version of what I already say on Facebook. You know, sometimes I can't help myself and I I'll post something very opinionated on Facebook. <clears throat> but that's me. And I figured this is a good outlet to stop myself from posting on Facebook and just actually say it here. You know, I have a place for it. Oi, papi. Okay. I'm done. I don't want I don't want to be done, but I'm done. 49 minutes. All right, guys. See ya.